Okay, welcome to this afternoon's seminar on automation, integration, and energy systems. It's three topics that really belong together. There's a lot of overlap between them, but we'll structure the presentation here really in this, starting it off with automation and considerations there, and then how do you integrate systems, and that can be a semi-autonomous system or fully autonomous system, because you want that to work in your whole IT processes and then considering what's the best energy source, lithium-ion, lead-acid, there's a lot of different advantages and disadvantages, and we'll speak about that before wrapping up and seeing what's really the last slide is your implementation checklist. When you want to do an automation project there, what steps should you really be watching out for? And before I forget to say it, I have some flyers and um, portfolio and so on on the back there. So on the, your way out later, grab one of those. And uh, we'll have a couple of people here um, from Jung Heinrich answering any questions you might have later on. As um, yeah, the AGVs are really reliable. They run without any strikes or any coronaviruses and so on different from our booth staff, the technical staff and so on, that forced us to uh, cancel our booth presentation where we were supposed to show them live. But we have a good video in here and um, have an automation center in Houston where it's possible to take a look at the live AGV showcases as well. Let's get started with the automation part of it, uh, meeting the demand for automation. The whole world is shifting towards automation. And um, let's talk a little bit about why is that. And then a lot of people ask themselves, what's the effects on our daily lives? And uh, how will it impact my job? And across many industries, business owners and the responsible VPs are really going to change from auto into automation. And it will affect whether it's manufacturing, warehousing, distribution operations. All of that is definitely affected. When people look in the press, there is a lot of statements like, will robots take your job? When I go and say to someone, hey, my name is Kai and I am heading a company that does automation with AGVs in North America, some people go back and ask, hey, you kill our jobs and, and what's that? But looking back at those statements here, and when you compare it, those statements have been around for every industrial revolution. When the first Ford automation of the manufacturing, that was also the question, is this the end for the workers building machines? It is any time you're talking about an industrial um, revolution there, these fears come up, but actually it just shifts and qualifies. The easy parts are taken by automation, but it will never mean that whole jobs um, or people will not find other jobs. It's just qualifying them and going on. And um, yeah, so a press statement like this here, AI for truck drivers or chefs and so on. Yeah, maybe in a couple of decades from now, it will shift this completely to automation, but there's a long way to go. And automation is a very good fit for companies to complement and um, qualify their people and take away those jobs where it's actually hard to find staff. Yeah, we hear that from a lot of clients that are looking for skilled and motivated forklift drivers. And it's difficult because those jobs um, and people that were taking those jobs in the past now choose and want to do something else as well. So it's not only the quality, reliability, but even um, finding the 
label that is there to one your forklifts. So what sectors and industries are we really talking about and focusing? Where is automation present? In automotive, you read a lot about self-driving cars, whether it's this Apple cars, Google cars, Uber, um, a lot of people are working on that. And all of the OEMs are as well, some in partnerships with those companies I mentioned. And um, commercial vehicles, big truck semis are um, already running a lot on autonomous tests as well. There's different technologies there. In restaurants, there is a lot of restaurants, especially uh, sushi bars, where you completely order automatically and even meals are prepared fully autonomously. So um, there is the first restaurants that don't need any employees anymore. A lot of us have home automation, whether it's your security system, lighting, doors, and so on, where automation um, is affecting industry sectors. And in manufacturing, it's the robot arms that help automotive production, appliances, heavy equipment, furniture cutting, everything that is easy to automate. It's the longest area, really, where automation has been successful. Talking about AGVs, we're a lot into the warehousing and retail distribution. And there, whether it's clothing, electronics, food and beverage, and the explosion by the Amazon effect and more online ordering, shipment next day and so on. So it's more smaller packages and SKUs going through the roof. And that is a demand for more and more optimization in the logistics chains where AGVs can support. So what is driving really the need for automation in this area, warehousing and distribution? It's not only one, it's different things coming together access to sufficient labor pool and scalability of that. In a lot of regions, as I said earlier, that is very difficult to find skilled people and it's very helpful there. High cost of labor and related cost, yeah, especially when you take into consideration cost for sick leave, for um, all of those benefits um, you're paying. So it's, it's a lot of cost that adds up um, on our labor force. And third part, you can optimize and improve your processes by utilizing automation. And last but not least, safety. You have a lot of damages, accidents when it comes to manual forklift trucks. All of us have seen one or other YouTube videos uh, with people racing on forklifts or, or stuff like that. And it is very um, important when you want to increase your safety automation, which has redundant safety systems, is a big contributor to that power as well. Calculating your ROI, so the dollars is always that, that's really interesting. And when you look at a forklift truck operation, approximately 80% of the total cost of ownership is really related to the operator on board. So when you take a look at your ROI and total cost of ownership, TCO, um, you will see, let's just take an average here, labor cost $15 per hour, and when you have a single shift, um, that is 2,000 hours a year that we can say, then you have a 35% burden rate, so you easily come to $40,000 here per year for one operator um, that you would require. And if you multiply that by the five years we're looking at, 
then it's uh, over $200,000 for one operator. And not counted in there, in this simple math here, is damages that the operators do by not driving carefully. It's the service that is higher on manual forklift trucks than on AGVs because the AGVs have a smooth operation. All of the processes are relying and playing together, so it's less wear and tear on those trucks. Operator training, when you have temp workers, uh, new um, workers, it's uh, something that you need to make sure retaining all of those um, costs um, that you have to spend for retention of your workforce there and errors when you have people uh, mixing up, delivering the wrong pallet and so on. So looking at all of this, you see even though an AGV costs and it really depends um, on what's, what's the scope of your project and uh, what is the AGV supposed to do, always keep in mind you need to look at the labor cost that's associated to an AGV down the road and ask your vendor that you are in discussion with to support you. Tell them how is your ROI calculated? What's important to you? Is there a certain ROI deadline that you want to meet? Is it only ROI or do you also look at the total cost of ownership? So after the return on invest, the payoff period has been completed, what's after that? Make sure you really get that and get the tools that the vendors have there in place and talking and supporting you on that mass to support an investment in automation. Automation technology can be a numerous of things. And um, at this show and in general, you see all different sizes of AGVs and all levels of integration. And it can be from full automation. Primary use case is repeatable, predictable tasks there and uh, horizontal transportation AGV or stacking and interfacing with a rack is something that is very typical there that a lot of our clients from Jung Heinrich ask us and that we help with, with AGVs here in North America. Semi-automation is something where it comes to high storage density, increased productivity. You still have an operator on board because there might not be the, the standardization that is required and still an operator controlling it. It's, it's not blocked off from the safety fields and so on. And example technologies, a warehouse navigation where you can get full speed. The operator is taken there autonomously but still has the control over it. So the operator's eyes are there to evaluate all of the surroundings and stop the AGV if it's unsafe um, to do. And uh, does maybe some picking tasks but is supported a lot there um, by utilizing RFID transponders and warehouse navigation. Uh, and as the size of the AGV can be from very small, a little toad only, to a big pallet or even heavy load AGV, that's the same of the level of integration you can get into IT systems. We'll be coming to that section here in a moment. And also in um, the use cases, how much is really automated in the functionality. I always like to compare it to a mobile phone sector where in the past you had little phones and then the iPhone was brought out by Apple and um, roughly 10 years ago and then there was this new category, smartphone, and you had laptops maybe in the, at that time. 
And now, when you go to a store, you can buy any size from these really small phones um, via small smartphone, big smartphone that blends seamlessly over to a small tablet into a big tablet that's the same size of a two-in-one convertible laptop. And the same is here with automation. There is not, this is a small, this is a big, there's anything in between as well um, where you see in the functionality, in the size of goods, it's transporting automation is really going forward and uh, giving you an answer to any demand you might have um, logistics-wise there in your warehouse. Implementing automation into your application. What is important? What's the typical processes um, that automation can help you with? Routine, predictability, and some of repeatable movements that the AGV is, is programmed to do is something that is very, very important. And when you look and evaluate a project and the use case there, loads and the units being handled is one of the most important criteria there. Are they stable? Is it good quality loads um, that you want to pick up and place? The volume and throughput is something that is very important um, to analyze because you need to know how many AGVs are supposed to do the job. And um, that is on the client side. The more input you give to the vendor you're talking to, the better and easier it is to get into the communication there. So this would typically be expressed in peak times per hour, so let's say even though you have an average of let's say 20 pallets to be transported in an hour, if your peak and you really need to get that peak for your shipment being done uh, is at 40 pallets an hour, then the system needs to be sized appropriately. So that's really important to deep dive into the volume and throughput. I need goods flowing from A to B and a matrix there of transports per hour. The temperature Floor conditions and also space requirements are technical factors that are very important for an AGV application that sometimes determine the kind of AGV you're using. Is it um, how much floor clearance do you need when there is inclines or when there is larger um, joints in the floor and so on? That is something that uh, you need to consider and work through the specs there uh, with the vendor. Number of shifts is something that is very important for your ROI again. And a ballpark number in the industry is if you have a three-shift application that you want to automate, it's a no-brainer. It definitely will turn out with a really, really good um, ROI as well. A two-shift application works in most of the times. Basically, always a two-shift application is also worthwhile doing um, an AGV analysis and helps you with a good ROI. And on a one-shift application, it's really going into the bits of pieces. You could say um, the odds are equal there. Whether it works out or not, it really depends on what's, what's the benefit that you want to get from it. Uh, but the mass is a little tighter there, as we have discussed the labor cost earlier on. Labor content, what's really your workforce doing? If you have a tow truck as on this picture here and the person at a certain stage needs to get off and do some stuff by hand, then of course that content is not so much in AGV uh, being able to do it. Uh, so that is something to evaluate. And then warehouse management system leading over to the integration side of things. Who is controlling your AGV? If you have automation, you want it to run autonomously. It would not be worthwhile of having to employ someone to key in the next jobs for the AGV in, where you could have the same person driving the forklift truck, right? So it's 
basically all of the times there is an integration if it's not a certain station at a production cell where you can push a button to get replenishment delivered. There are certain solutions where it uh, works without a warehouse management system, but in most applications you would see an integration. And whether that's your ERP, your RunWMS, or production planning system whatsoever, but someone would typically give the AGV the job what is to do and what logistic tasks need to be performed. Let's take a look at the video so that you get a feeling of the safety systems. And for those that download, um, it, there's the YouTube link here um, to that video. And it shows safety features, functionality of AGVs, so that you get a broad perspective wrapping up this first section here. The automated guided vehicle systems of Young Heinrich make your internal logistics automatically better. That's because an AGV offers you loads of benefits. Transferring transport tasks to automated guided vehicle systems means reliable support for your employees, great economics, and a high level of safety. Comprehensive security technology is always on board with the young Heinrich AGV. Security was a matter of priority during the development of the automated guided vehicle systems. That's why the automated vehicles are fitted with comprehensive sensor technology. Laser scanners in the travel direction and additional side sensors help provide object detection during mixed operations. If a person is detected within the scanned field, the system reacts in milliseconds and reduces drive speed. If a person enters a more restricted scanned field, the AGV stops automatically. These protection fields work dynamically. They adjust to the current speed of the automated guided vehicle system. The greater the speed, the wider the field of detection. And even when confronted with unexpected obstacles, the protection fields react by scanning the road ahead. The AGV is also vigilant in its own behavior. It emits visual and acoustic signals when transferring loads or when interfacing with a rack system, for example. The automated tow tractor emits an acoustic signal before continuing and then drives at a reduced speed for the first five seconds. The automated guided vehicle also always uses the same drive routes. The automated guided vehicle comes with a few key rules to ensure smooth operation. Rule number one. Always keep travel routes clear. Rule number two. Never walk directly in front of the AGV on a travel route. Rule number three. The AGV should always have right of way in order to work efficiently. Rule number four. When handling loads, always keep out of the danger zone. And rule number five. Raised objects may not be recognized by the AGV sensors and thus, therefore, never be blocking the driver route. Operating the system is as simple as its rules are. An AGV can also be removed from the system manually and then reintroduced when it needs to be loaded, for example. If you follow the process above here as well, then everything will run smoothly.
the automated guided vehicle system gets its tasks via a warehouse management system or directly on the vehicle. This means that the vehicle is in constant communication with its environment via the management system and, for example, can open doors by itself. You'll see that a young Heinrich AGV offers your internal logistics loads of benefits. The automated guided vehicle systems from Young Heinrich transport more with safety. Yeah, we have seen the integration part here at the end, this communication to the warehouse management system, and that's an important part of any of those. So moving on to the integration and energy system side of things here. A solid integration and this industry um, of things, Internet of Things um, things is very important and um, you need some kind of layer to translate between the systems and we uh, would call that logistics interface. So on top you have your system that controls your processes on the management level which is typically called enterprise resource planning, whether that's Manhattan, SAP or Microsoft Dynamics stuff. Then you have a process level, which can be a warehouse management system or a production planning system for the production side of things. And um, beneath that have a traffic management and a material flow controller. And now the logistics interface layer is that that communicates to um, the world below it. So when you look at this from the schematic approach, how is the IT setup really working then? You have a server with your host system on the top right here, have the logistics interface in the middle, also connecting in the video, we saw the AGV stopped in front of a door and waited until the door was completely open. All of that communication needs to be done with your peripheral equipment. So those jobs are coordinated by this logistics interface middleware layer and that can communicate via on-premise or cloud server to a user interface. We also saw screens where you can interact on the AGV or ordering an AGV at a certain station and also to the AGVs themselves to control the whole fleet driving around. Yeah, that's, the, that's the setup how it would look like in a system architecture. And when you have that, it's really your AGVs are running and this middle layer is empowering it to work with the server together and have all of the data updates there and the whole process thing correct. What does that really do? It's not only a connection side of things. I always say um, when you talk to someone, two things are important. The first is um, having a technical way of talking. You can either write text messages, phone, or have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And the second thing is the language. Um, then in what format do you communicate? And all of that is really the connector side of things. But when it comes to the semantics of what are the things you're talking about and what to do, then it's the process side of things that typically your middleware layer should also take care of and make sure it is really uh, dealing that. And we'll come to that in a second um, uh, to give you an example of what the process management really means. Connecting um, the logistics interface as IoT connector can run either on a radio data terminal on the truck or on a server layer. You just need to make sure with your IT department what's the preferred way of uh, communication to also the systems that you're relying on 
and um, connecting to the ERP system. It typically does not have a permanent data storage. That is the job of the warehouse management system. So you would not um, have a replication of your virtual warehouse in this middleware layer. It's really there to connect and work on a short-term basis uh, between the systems, but it's not storing everything permanently there. So this can be used for different truck types, um, even stationary, like high-density storage systems, um, or uh, semi-automation and AGVs. There's different application areas where uh, this layer is important to facilitate the communication between the systems. The second big part, as I mentioned, is the process management. And that, again, that side of things can either resist on the client server or in the cloud and um, can have numerous ways of connecting to the systems and enables the autonomous systems to really um, make the best out of it. So just let you give you one or two simple examples of what this means in practical words. Let's say your warehouse management system is defining bring a pallet from A to B, but your AGV level of things can understand the orders, pick up a pallet, um, do something, and then deliver a pallet then a very simple example of process management would be splitting this job, WMS says drive pallet from A to B. This layer would first give the AGV pick up at A, then wait until that is confirmed and executed, and then say deliver to B. Yeah, that's the first and most easy example of a process that can be controlled. Coming to a little more complex example, um, let's say your warehouse management system um, from a production line, when you have some food um, production and a conveyor that delivers a ready-built pallet there with uh, some um, uh, perishable items, then your warehouse management system would say, hey, bring this to the shipping area. But maybe just recently due to a process change, uh, a virus or a co um, some government um, regulations, you have to do extended quality tests then this would be a really quick thing to say in a process layer like that, you would define when a warehouse management system says pick up at the production line and bring to the shipping area to have it sit um, until in a, in a certain dedicated lane until the quality inspection clears that pallet and only then it is continued into the shipping area. When your warehouse management system uh, is a SAP system or something, it takes a longer time to configure and do changes there. So a process management can also be that, controlling certain quarantine times and um, waiting for inspections, all of that um, is another example of what the process manager of things would do that you really need to consider in an AGV application to get the maximum out of it and how to connect it to the warehouse management and ERP systems. Yeah, and that is something that is especially for AGVs and vertical lift systems um, where this is very important and um, comes into play um, a lot and, and significantly there. So summing up the integration side of things, it is talking, and let me use that uh, comparison again, on the communication, how do you want to talk? Is it telephone or is it personal speech or text? On the middleware side, this is, do you want a database query or a web service? That's what the IT folks really talk about. On the other hand, it is the language you're communicating in, and the language is 
um, really the data format where you want to make sure that your IT folks capacity is typically very restricted. You don't want to stress them. Your vendors should approach and say they understand the commands in whatever way your system is giving it. So it should be on the vendor side to learn what your system wants to guide, the, how they want to guide the AGVs, rather the other way around, that your IT resources need to understand what the AGV language is. So that's the second part of the communication issue. And then it's really the semantics on the process side of things, understanding um, what little tweaks in the process would this middleware layer have to do to get an integration, whether it's semi-autonomous or full autonomous like an AGV, um, to help me with to get the maximum out of my processes. And that is some area, and that's why I'm stressing this a little bit um, as it's an educational seminar, that a lot of uh, clients do not ask properly, and those vendors that are out there that don't have a full suit of portfolio in their offerings also don't talk about it if they are not asked by the client. And then when you install the AGVs, it's not giving you what you were looking for, solving a logistic solution and a challenge and providing to you a solution, but then you come into the discussion, hey, my vendor says AGV is doing what it's supposed to do, but it's not getting the full integration there and not giving you the solution you're looking for because there is something missing in the gap in the middle. So in the specking phase of your demand in your project, this is very important to take a close look at this um, part here of the logistics interface, the section that coordinates all of your movements. Let's take a look at the energy systems next before we have some time at the end to wrap up and allow questions there from your side. Energy systems meet your needs, and it is in, in our portfolio we see there is different demand. Some people want to be all on lithium iron, which gives you a lot of benefits. You can have opportunity charging, you can have automatic charging, and can actually run 24-7 with charging the trucks when, when there is an opportunity and do not need a longer charging spot at, at one point. Yeah, there is um, uh, a lot of benefit from that. Lead acid technology would be both with battery changing, what we see here on the left-hand side of pictures, but it is also possible when you really want to avoid interaction with the AGVs with labor, you can also do this automatic charging boom, which is on the right-hand side, um, to allow that kind of technology with lead acid. When you come to automatic charging of an AGV, another tip uh, for you is, Early on, work with your vendors what is the best concept they are offering because there is also with the fire regulations and, and different states having different regulations and um, what is typically a little bit more safe is, as you see here, a boom at the top um, where people cannot interact with that on accident. Whenever you have something on the floor, you need extra security that they don't step with metal boots, don't step on it, and then there is a spark and, and uh, there. So what we like to do is the overhead boom, there is someone needs to intentionally alter that system, touch it, whatever, and typically all of these systems are redundant, but early on gets your processes straight, would you need a fire marshal to confirm that and your safety audit and so on to make sure you have a system that's properly um, to what you really want um, to utilize there and get your acceptance of. 
Yeah? And then it is um, definitely both are uh, good ways and have, have benefits. So iron is really the trend we see in the industry. A lot of this um, AGV sector is going with lithium iron technology as it just has tremendous benefits. Okay, wrapping up, I have um, this project checklist that I pulled together for you before we come to your questions there. And what is really important for you to ask and address when you have an automation and AGV project and, and why is it important um, to keep the scales in balance here? So let's start with the top one here, products. Standard versus custom. If you have an AGV vendor that does only customized things, then it is suited to your application, but it might be more difficult um, to get standard um, uh, spare parts supply and all of that, we'll come to that in a second. So it's always beneficial when you have the underlying mechanics from a high volume production models and only those AGV specific things or those in your application specific things to be customized on top of it. Also, from the price position, this typical turns out to be a lot more uh, beneficial when you have uh, something which is not custom built from the mechanics or from the base vehicle itself. The second point is the optimal energy solution there. Lead acid versus lithium iron, including or not including the automatic charging part of it. And you can utilize intermediate charging, no manual interaction that you do not need a person to interact with your uh, charging process, have less maintenance, all of that. There is different factors um, to take care of. Uh, at a lead acid battery, you still need watering systems to, to water the batteries and maintain them. And um, just make sure, talking about the energy supply, what effect has it uh, with your vendor there and make sure you have a clear and solid understanding of what's the benefits from the one or other offering you are getting there and whether you want to go for automatic charging or do not have a problem in your process with other warehouse staff there to control this charging process on a manual level. The third point is the IT integration. We have stressed that over the last couple of slides, and I just summarized it here, not being left alone to coordinate the systems. Yeah? This is really, when I would say what's the biggest area where I have seen clients that, is, that were unsatisfied in the past in this industry, it is that this whole how is the thing coming together um, drives up the implementation times. Sometimes the implementation just takes way longer because the software resources were not ready. There was not a clear software interface specification initially. Everything we saw that initially is going to IT, to automation. So it is very important to make clear that you spend sufficient time with your vendor to specify how these things are supposed to connect and work together and have a very clear interface specification to understand what the system is delivering and um, how it will benefit you integrated in your process. From the energy system, coming back to that, do you want to run um, two shifts on one charge? Yeah, that's a big impact on the ROI. If um, there is the ability to say with the lead acid system there, you run two shifts when you have a high energy efficiency, um, you have less cost, in the, you don't need the second battery there. And um, this applies also for semi-automation where this is a big factor. Um, really compare the energy efficiency 
and with all of this sustainability in Europe, where Jungheinrich is coming from, it is a little more um, a topic already, but also in the US and in general in the markets, um, Canada and Mexico as well. It's more and more also a green image will benefit you, especially from the, from the younger folks. Um, when you take a look at the energy efficiency and not wasting energy on these solutions is something that is definitely beneficial. Service network and spare parts. Next important point, a lot of times people are very focused on getting this thing running and do not spend sufficient time on looking what's after that. How is my support? How fast will I get spare parts? Do I have trained technicians to um, support me when there is an issue? Do I have the ability to upgrade the system? Will I have resources? Do I trust this partner that I'm working with that in two years from now, my business was supported by the AGV and is ramping up, so I need additional two AGVs, let's say, to put into the same thing. Will they be there? Will they be on the same technology? Um, all of that aftermarket part of things um, needs to be analyzed and discussed to guarantee uptime and system reliability for your scope of operation there. And the same is during the implementation time when you've got the thing just working and a couple of years later, what is your software engineering support? You don't want to be redirected to a hotline um, in, in somewhere around the world where, because it's in the middle of the night here and they just said, yeah, you get this case number and someone will call you in three days after the weekend. You really need to talk about what is your operation, how quick do you need an AGV back in the system and need to make sure that it is properly staffed and a support contract is in place there where you get what you want from the vendor and um, get the service level that you are really looking for. And that is typically two different sides of things. I always say what you need a screwdriver or a wrench, that's the local technician. That AGV also, it has less tear and wear, wear and tear, but you also need to change oil or a tire. And all of that is still your local technical service network. But then on the other side, when you need a keyboard to fix an issue. You will typically remotely connect, but still need 24-7, and that's what it says here, software engineering support, meaning it's not a technician that would come out there and where it's night shifts, but is it the experts with this AGV system that can fix an issue in the layout, that can identify when the communication is broken, um, is it your WMS not sending any orders? Is this middleware layer, some, is there a problem? Really being able to identify why the AGVs are not moving to avoid wasting time in not productive uh, time uptimes of your AGVs or as written here in call centers, make sure your AGV system um, is working and is supported in the way that you want it to um, in, in order to get the maximum out of it. And that applies as a project checklist. It's mainly intended for AGVs, but also for semi-automation. And that is something that I encourage you to really take a look at that. Um, a lot of times um, people look at automation, but maybe in this certain specific area, and that's a lot of times it's VNA areas, where a semi-automation, like Jungheinrich's warehouse navigation, can already do what you're looking for 
20-25% more efficiency by just taking the truck autonomously to the next destination, but you would not maybe need a full automation because the pallet sizes and all of that is uh, just not uniform enough to go to full auto right away. That so much for the checklist. And um, I want to dedicate the last five minutes, really, for any questions you might have in this sector, automation, system integration, and energy consumption, energy systems for, for those things here to Jung Heinrich. And um, yeah, happy to take any questions for the audience now. I have a few colleagues with me that will be standing here, and uh, we are available all afternoon here for individual discussions as well and um, flyers in the back, but I'm happy to, to get any, any other comments you might have or questions um, directly related to the slides for the broader audience. If not, then thanks a lot. Reach out to us. My email is written here. We have the flyers back there, also the whole portfolio. And um, we'll, be, we'll be standing around. The, the other colleagues, if you guys, Russ, if you and your team stand up as well, that we know who, who to talk to if you want to engage in the discussion or have a, have a very um, demand right now, we'd be happy to discuss and invite you also to see them live in our automation center in Houston. Um, and good success for those of you that have a project planned. And it's, it's a lot of fun to deal with automation. Thank you for spending your afternoon. and. Um, have a good time here at Atlanta. Thanks.